second timothy chapter 1 verse 7 and this is where we picked it up from a couple of weeks back he says okay second timothy chapter 1 verse 7 we know the scripture he says for god has not given us a spirit of fear he says god has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind so this is what we are going to focus on today God has not given us a spirit of fear. And if you miss the part one, we said that fear is not just an emotion. Fear is not just a response. Now, I know there are people listening to me and saying that what you're saying doesn't make sense. All right. And they want to take us to the realm of science. Anyways, um, I know a little bit of science. Um, so if you want to take me there, let's go. Let's go. All right. So one of the natural responses in science is something called fight or flight. All right. It stimulates a couple of uh, hormonal caskets that ensure that you have the requirements to either fight or to flight. And in that moment, you need that response. Okay, It is an appropriate response. For example, if someone who has been on a fast for seven days suddenly discovers that there's a snake in the room, now that person believes that they are tired. They believe that they don't have any energy. That's their belief. All right? And it is true that they are tired. However, at the sight of something frightful, there is a natural hormonal response that is set into action such that there is a recruitment of energy that you didn't know you had. And then suddenly your feet that were so heavy to move, your body that was so tired and drained, suddenly receives energy to move and to run or to get something. There is action required. And for that action, there is energy supply needed. All right? So I get that there is a natural response to unplanned events. That is normal. All right? And we said that in that first installment, it's okay to be worried. It's okay to be genuinely worried. It's okay to entertain your natural fright response. However, there is a point where it becomes perpetual. This is not just a temporary feeling. This is something now perpetual. The Bible tells us at that point there is an introduction of a spiritual dimension this is no more emotions this is a spirit of fear and when you see it you must know and remember it is not from god it is not from god praise god so it says god has not given us that spirit now this is an interesting scripture it doesn't just tell us what god has not given us all right so god hasn't given us fear fine in response to this what exactly has God given us? And how do we deploy it, all right, in response to fear? And I need you to follow me this evening because um, there are many people who have taken the past weeks to soak on the news. They've soaked really well on the news. They know all the numbers, all right? And the truth is that the virus that the world is dealing with isn't just attacking and killing people, all right? Very soon, hopefully, there will be a cure, this will be over, but beyond the effect of the virus on people and human health will be a longer-lasting impact on the economy. And many people are worried. Companies currently, as we speak, are laying people off. Governments, responsible governments, are promising, praise God, praise God. Responsible governments are promising stimulus packages, all right? Now, let me tell you, there is no government in the world that can sustainably continue an everlasting stimulus package. All right? Praise God. So, someone is saying, I, I, I need to be worried now. 
It is time to be afraid. It is time to be afraid. Well, I have news for you. I have news for you. When God said to us for 2020 that it was our year of shining, when he said to us that we will arise, we will shine, our light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon us, God knew about the pandemic. God knew about COVID-19. COVID-19 isn't catching him by surprise. So I have news for you, dear child of God. If God said it is your year of shining, guess what? It is still your year of shining. God doesn't need your employer to make it your year of shining. God doesn't need your job to ensure that it is your year of shining. The only thing he needs is the integrity of his word coupled with your faith to ensure that in this same year, in this same year, 2020, you will stand to testify that as at January I had hopes, as at March I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I'm standing here to the glory of the Lord December 31st, 2020 and I can say boldly indeed, it was a year of shining. That will be your testimony. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will look back at 2020. As many people will say this has been the worst year of their lives. This has been the worst year of their business. For you, dear child of God, hear me. Hear me and believe this. This is not motivational talk. This is what the word of God says concerning you. Isaiah 60 verse 2 says there will be gross darkness. Gross darkness. So we are not shocked about what is going on. But the glory of the Lord rises upon you. So this is God's word to you. December 31st, 2020. If Jesus tarries, we will look back and say, 2020 indeed was our year of shining. In the mighty name of Jesus. I will be there. You will be there. We will be alive. We will be in good health. To the glory of his name. In the mighty name of Jesus. So, the Apostle Paul writing to his son, Timothy, says, God hasn't given us that spirit of fear. Do not, don't entertain it. Don't welcome it. Don't receive it. Don't condone it. Don't live on it. In these times, people are sleeping afraid, waking up afraid. The first thing they pick up is their phone and their notifications on the latest breaking news. And they go through the day very, very scared. The rent is due. The mortgage is due. And there's just all sorts of confusion drown out the noise be still remember his faithfulness take hold of the promise praise god i said praise god so let's go straight into the word of god it says god has given us power is giving us love and is giving us a sound mind and we're just going to dwell there for this evening if that's fine by you bring out your notes bring out your bibles bring out your notepads let us dive deep into god's word praise god i said praise god so he says here that God has given us power. In response to fear, you need power. Listen to me. In response to fear, you need power. You can't just wish fear away. You cannot positive think fear away. You cannot just hope fear away. Follow me. Fear needs a tripartite response. And the first in that armament is power somebody say power somebody say power wherever you are praise god now the english bible approximates a couple of words it, it's it's sort of like closest meaning all right and we know this is not the original language in which this letter or this epistle was written now the reason why this distinction is important is because you need to see the role you have to play in this conversation so the word paul uses in describing to his son Timothy as what a response to the spirit of fear should be is a word called 
Tsunamis. Somebody say Tsunamis. Somebody say Tsunamis. Somebody say Dynamo. That you are familiar with. Tsunamis. It talks about inherent power that is locked up. Requiring activation. I'm going to say that again. Inherent power that is locked up. Requiring activation. Praise God. Praise God. Now, science will tell you that power is the ability to do work. And for those who are in physics and in physics sciences, they will tell us, you know, power is work done over time, all right? And they start giving you the calculus and all those wonderful equations. Praise God. It means fully well that if power is present, then work will be done. If power is present, something will have shifted. However, if you want to zoom into what dunamis actually speaks about, we can say dunamis is the ability to do work. We can say it is a capacity. It means that the space, the, the, the requirement is already there. But somebody needs to bring it out. Praise God. Praise God. So let's say there is someone we need to, right, right now, we are in Mississauga, there is someone we need to pick up something from downtown to Runcha. I'm just giving an example. And the person is right here in Mississauga. One person has a um, Kia Picanto. Alright, someone has a Kia Picanto, it's a car, it's an automobile, it can move, it can get from Mississauga to downtown Toronto. True or false? True. Alright, now, someone else owns a Ferrari, alright, and the Ferrari is also an automobile, it can move, it can get from here in Mississauga also to downtown Toronto. True or false? True. So you have two vehicles that have different power ratings and both of them can get work done. Listen to me. Both of them can get work done. And the required work here is the ability and the capacity to get from Mississauga to downtown Toronto. Now, flip the switch. Flip the switch now. We are now somewhere in, uh, let's say we are somewhere in Germany on the Autobahn. All right, everybody uses the example. So, so let, me, let, me, let me take you to a place where I've been in the past. Uh, it's, it's a place called Jebel Afit in Alain, the United Arab Emirates. It's a wonderful driving track carved into roads. And you find people just like they do in Autobahn bring some wonderful race cars. And they are using speed limits of 200 kilometers per hour. And vroom, vroom, vroom. Now, at that moment, although a Picanto is still an automobile, it's it cannot imagine itself on that kind of path. Why? Because the required work done is now different. There is a required power that it, its engine just cannot handle. But when you bring the Ferrari, the Ferrari feels at home in that setting. Dear child of God, listen to me. I am suggesting to you that the power on your inside, even though it has gotten work done for you, has been underutilized. Anytime you see fear advancing, it means that your power rating isn't rising up enough to meet it at the place where it should be cut short. How else can you explain that some of us are not scared in this season? You, you will really wonder if we have some bunker somewhere or some stash somewhere. Hey, yeah, I've got a bunker. Praise God. 
My bunker is Psalm chapter 91, verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Glory to God. That is my bunker. Praise God. You are wondering, does he have some inheritance somewhere? Yes, I do have an inheritance somewhere. Philippians 4, 14. My God shall supply all my needs. All my needs. According not to Canada's economy, not to the global economic indices, but according to his riches in glory. Praise God. Now, that's power. That's power. That is activated power. I don't just know Psalm 91. I have come to realize that it is the truth concerning my life. I can't do that on your behalf. I can't do that on your behalf. You need to quicken and activate that power. It's dynamic. You bring it up. Praise God. Praise God. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. This is interesting. How does power come? Alright, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, you shall receive dunamis. You shall receive dunamis. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He says, then you can be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and in Samaria. But first, you receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And that power is dunamis. Now, there, um, in, in, in our English Bible, sometimes the, the translators are not sure whether to use authority or whether to use power. Sometimes it's used interchangeably. All right? But there's a subtle difference, and it's an important difference for you to note. Authority in the New Testament, in the Greek, uh, is typified by the word exousia. Exousia, authority means you are functioning based on another's capacity. All right? It is delegated. All right? So based on this person, based on who they represent, based on who they are, a, a good example is um, in a reasonable society, in a reasonable society, all right? If you have the world's heavyweight champion who is all-powerful, someone who has lifted cars and lifted, you know, all sorts of trucks on one hand, you know, typical macho man, all right? That's just the point I'm trying to make. Now, if that person is driving on the road in a typical sin society, now, this is even a place where you have no traffic wardens, you have no physical humans having to say anything. There is just a light. The light is not human, the light doesn't speak, but the light has delegated authority that when it is read, you are required to stop. Now, is this world heavyweight champion powerful enough to destroy the light? Yes. However, because the interplay there isn't a requirement for power, his muscle is not needed at that point. What is in play there is authority. So, as a proper law-abiding citizen, what is expected is that when it is read, you should stop. You should stop, no matter how powerful you are, no matter who you are, ideally, no matter, praise God. Some are listening to this example and they're saying, this is a very Canadian example. Praise God. The Lord will deliver us in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, so that's authority. Authority is based on another's power. You are executing 
based on another. So it is delegated. I don't need muscles to fight if what I need is authority. And follow me in our response to the spirit of fear. The Bible says that we need dunamis, power that we quicken and that we activate. However, in our response, listen and follow me very carefully. In our response, in our response to demons all right jesus says in the great commission matthew chapter 28 if they can put that on the screen matthew chapter 28 he says matthew chapter 28 let's take verse the great commission is in verse 19 but let's take verse 18 all right let's take verse 18 he says and jesus came and spoke unto them and said all exousia can you see that all authority has been given to me in heaven and on the earth now Based on this, the next word in the next verse says, therefore. So, based on this authority now, this is the reason why you can give your life to Christ today. You are a born-again believer today. And based on a realization of this authority that you have, there are certain things you can do just based on authority. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I don't want to miss you. It's too early. I don't want you to, to, or I don't want you to miss me. Just stay with me and let's walk through this together. So, in our execution of dominion over principalities and powers, Jesus is saying that the authority has been given to me. Therefore, I give you delegated authority. All right? And based on that, in my name. Now, many of us, that is what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. To someone his authority and his office not in my name doesn't mean you end your prayer with in the name of jesus if you end your prayer with in the name of jesus and you've not summoned the authority of the king of heaven and the creator of the universe then you've just it's just wordplay but when we say in the name of jesus you are summoning an office you are summoning the blood you are summoning you are summoning a, a fully paid account balance so that whatever you decree based on that authority is certain however it tells us that in our response to the spirit of fear, there is going to be a need for you to activate this. This is not just authority needed now. There is power that is required from your inside. Praise God. I said, praise God. I said, praise God. There is power. Quickened power. Activated power. Praise God. You know, there are many people who have phones and all they use their phones to do is just to, to text and to do social media and to receive phone calls. Majority of us, all right, that is the, the, the strata that we fall into. And then you meet someone who is a tech whiz and he say, no, there's this new feature, you know, it's on the iPhone. And so like, oh, is there, is there a new iPhone? You say, no, it comes with the operating system. Okay, and you bring out your phone and then they see, your phone, you say, your phone can't do it. You say, no, my phone can't do that. That sounds too tech. He says, your phone can't do this. And then they bring out your phone, your same phone, this phone you've been sleeping with, you paid for it with your money. The same phone you used to make calls, to tweet, and to do Instagram. The same phone, they bring out the phone, and then they do the magic. And you're like, oh, wow. Now, your phone didn't recently inherit the ability to do that functionality. You've just been using it below level. Just because those were the needs you had per time. You need to make a phone call. You need to reply text message. You need to connect to the world through social media. However, there is additional capacity Dunamis locked up in that phone that if you do not rise up in knowledge, hmm, 
or if someone who is exposed to that degree of functionality tells you that this is possible, this is actually possible, this is a possibility in redemption, all right? So someone begins to tell you that we can live a life without sickness and without disease. That is a possibility. You arise in knowledge and you say, show me the ropes. I need to understand how this is. I know it is my phone, all right? But you just did something now that I can't do. Before you leave, show me how it is done. Praise God. Praise God. I said praise God. Luke chapter 9 verse 1. Can we see Luke chapter 9 verse 1 very quickly? Showing us fully that in our execution of complete dominion, in our execution of complete dominion, there will be need for us to exercise dunamis and for us to exercise, exercise exousia over all demons and diseases. There is a quickening and there is us stepping into his office. So, dear child of God, if you've been dealing with anything and it seems as if you are not activating the authority well, check up. Check up on the power rating. Praise God. Praise God. How exactly do you activate this power that is locked up on the inside? How exactly do you do it? Principally, principally through words of faith, through words of power, and through prayer. I'm going to say that again. True words of faith. True words of faith. Every time we interact with the word of God, we must live with faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes through the word of God. The word of God should inspire hope. Every sermon that leaves you more confused than you were at the beginning, what you've received is not the word of God. What you've received is is, 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 is Paul, Paul said we didn't come to you with the enticing words of men. What you've received is enticing words of men can make you smarter, but they don't make you instructed. They don't build up faith in you. Alright? We don't, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't teach calculus here. We, don't, we are not explaining figures and doing projections. No. We are communicating spirit. Communicating life. And when that life interfaces with your being and with your spirit, man, faith is the response. You hear the word of God, suddenly it just dawns on you that you don't have to lose that deal. It just dawns on you that you don't have to accept that diagnosis. That is faith rising on your inside. The diagnosis hasn't changed. The pandemic isn't over yet. The laying off is probably still happening, but you've received the word of God. The word of God has come to you, and then it has inspired faith on your inside. Your power rating has been activated. So when the voice of the liar comes and tells you this is your end, you can stir up based on that activated power and say, no, 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 this is not my end. This is just the beginning. In fact, God is not done with me yet, devil. God is not done with me yet. I am more than a conqueror. Praise God. I said, praise God. I said, praise God. And prayer. And prayer. Jude chapter 1 verse 20. Or I, I can as well just say Jude verse 20. Jude verse 20. Um, for those who are wondering why um, Jude verse 20. We'll come back to this shortly. Jude. Let's go to Jude. It says, but building up on your most holy faith. Building up on your most holy faith. It says, praying in the spirit. Building up. But you. Building up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. But you. Building up, praying in the Holy Ghost. But you, 
building upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, all right? In the Amplified Version, it says you rise like an edifice. You rise like an edifice. So part of what happens in the place of prayer is that the power on your inside is activated for possibilities to get work done to ensure results in this realm. Praise God. Praise God. Now, during our devotion this week, there was a question that, uh, how exactly there are people who do not believe in praying in the Holy Ghost and how do they pray? Like for most people, they just pray for five minutes and they are done. Uh, many people who are able to tarry in the place of prayer, I'm talking of hours, three hours, four hours, five hours, six hours, many times, many times you find out that the bulk of that time is spent praying in the Holy Ghost. And the question was, how can someone who doesn't pray in tongues pray for that long or stay in God's presence or activate power. And by the Spirit of God, the answer I gave was that first and foremost, let me just say this. I believe, I believe strongly, we believe as a church in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We believe that you should believe that it is God's will for you and if you are not currently doing that, you should desire it. You might not need anyone specifically to lay hands on you. As I'm speaking now, some of you, my sense and anointing of the Holy Ghost come upon you. You open your mouth and he fills it. He gives you utterance. All right? And that might be your experience. It's been the experience of some. It's been the experience of many. For some, you might need someone to lay hands on you. For some, you might need someone to walk through, through verses and verses and verses and begin to show you, show you and convince you before you are at that space where you can now receive this as, okay, I now believe this is God's will for me. But pending that time, your prayer life should not be in suspension. Pending that time, you don't pack your prayer life and say, I'm waiting, I'm entrusting God for this baptism of the Holy Spirit and it doesn't seem to be happening. Maybe God doesn't think I'm righteous enough. Maybe all these people are just deceiving themselves. They're just speaking gibberish making us feel like they are very spiritual. I don't know how to pretend. I don't know how to fake things. If I don't feel it, I won't say rubbish, all right? Hey, get your heart ready. Get your heart ready to receive. You must be ready for what the Bible calls the foolishness. of. You will sound foolish. We sound foolish when we do it, all right? But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Praise God. So how will someone who is not yet there pray? pray for long. And I, and I told them said, a couple of ideas. A refusal to pray is a demonstration of pride. If you are not praying, you are saying, God, I don't need you in my business. If out of 24 hours in a day, all you can genuinely summon is five minutes, what you are saying is, God, I don't really need you. The one who is not praying at all is saying, God, I don't need you. If all you can summon in prayer is five minutes, two minutes, Father, as I go out, my path is blessed. Amen. Pastor said, it is my year to shine. I will shine. Amen. Praise God. And you just dash out. Boom. You, do, 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 you come out, you crash. Then the next day, you know there's prayer. There's daily prayer at KICC. Praise God. 5 a.m. to 6. You set your alarm for 5 a.m. And when it is 5, you just press snooze. See, God understands. And you've been running on that level and you're expecting power to be available. You know when your phone dies, you say your phone is dead, even though it has battery. What you're saying is, I have not charged it. There are many Christians who they are, their spiritual life is equal to dead. But we know they are not dead. They just need charging. Praise God. Praise God. So, prayer is, is, is humility. 
you're humbling yourself, you're saying, God, I need you. And I said, well, there are various kinds of prayers that you can pray. And you can go for a long time. I said, depending on your age, if you pick one minute to thank God for every year of your life, if you're a teenager, that's 13 minutes. If you're a young adult in your 20s, that's over 20 minutes of prayer. If you've done your golden jubilee, praise God, glory to God. And you're in your 50s, that's 50 good minutes of prayer. You're thanking God for the years you should have died. The years you didn't know him. The years of your stupidity and your life endangering habits that your mates doing the same thing, they are nowhere to be found. You are alive and standing. You've already done Thanksgiving. Already, 50 minutes. Alright? If you want to pick your city, you want to pick the states in your country one by one and thank God for their governors. That's intercession. Do you know how many minutes you will have covered? So, Lack of prayerlessness is a nice combination of pride, laziness, and lack of creativity. It also means nothing is going on in your life. Nothing much is going on in your life if you are not praying. It means you are not starting new things. You are not praying about job applications. You are not praying about business proposals. You are not praying about investment options. You are not asking God, God, which stock? Okay, let me move on. Let me move on. Let me move on. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody say power. Somebody say power. Alright, let's go to Acts chapter 1 again. Let's pick it from verse 6 this time. Acts chapter 1, let's pick it from verse 6. Because in this season, with all of the chaos and the turmoil in the world, we find believers doing the same thing that was done in Acts chapter 1 and verse 6. I don't know if it's on the screen yet. Acts chapter 1 verse 6. They basically were asking the resurrected Christ... That when will the time come for the restoration of the kingdom? As they had their destiny for Jesus was different from Jesus' destiny for Jesus. Jesus came to die so that man might be restored to fellowship with God. That there will be peace on earth. Praise God. That is why he came. He came to die. Their, death, their expectation for Jesus was a dramatic overthrow of the Roman government and a restoration of a dynasty, a kingdom in the order of David. All right, where they won't have to pay Roman taxes, where they won't have to follow Roman culture, where there will be the new empire with Jesus as the new king. That was their destiny. So he died, they were disappointed. And then he rose again. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, you can't afford to miss Sunday. You really can't. I'm tempted to start talking resurrection. Praise God. Please do not miss. This is the plug for Sunday. Please do not miss Sunday service. So the resurrected Christ shows up. And they have the opportunity to ask him one last question. If this guy is literally going to heaven, he doesn't get it. We need this Roman government overthrown. So verse 6, it says, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Verse 7. And he said to them, Now, I wish I could just publish this on a WhatsApp broadcast and send to everybody, including our parents, for all those who are calculating Antichrist. Those who are calculating 10G, um, those who are calculating all sorts. All right, this is a scripture for you. He says, He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. He says, Your business is power. Dear child of God, you don't need to be forwarding. You have no business wasting your time with forwarding information that doesn't build power. 
Any word that is not faith-filled, that is not taking you to the place of prayer, to the place of communion, any word that is not filled with faith, inspiring you, you know, filling you with life is a waste of your time. Someone said, oh yeah, you're saying we shouldn't be informed, we shouldn't be, you know, proactive. Are you saying we shouldn't understand the times like the sons of Issachar? Are you saying we shouldn't, you know, decipher what the enemy is trying to do? And this one world conversation, are you saying we should not be woke? Be woke in power first. Be woke in power. Be solid in power. Let me tell you, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Reading a, war, reading, reading a WhatsApp broadcast doesn't empower you to face the adversary. Did you hear me? Forwarding conspiracy theories, theories doesn't empower you to face the adversary. We face the adversary with power. The language Pharaoh understands is a language of power. Who is your God and why should I let his people go? It speaks power, power, power is, if there's anything like that. It speaks the language of power. Jesus said, it is not for you to start calculating and doing calculus on the times, whether it's going to be a chip, whether it's going to be a number, whether it's going to be a mast or a pole. He says, what you need is power. What you need is power. Fill yourself with words of faith, not with news. The news is bad news. The gospel is good news. Fill yourself with the word. Praise God. Praise God. I spent time praying. All that time that we waste investing in fear, being scared and further confused. Use it to pray. Use it to pray. Use it to pray. Praise God. Praise God. Acts chapter 6 verse 4. Let me just say this very quickly and then we move to love and to sound mind. Acts chapter 6 verse 4 and then I'll give you an assignment. We do this at KICC. Uh, you are not going to submit and um, some of you are saying, oh, um, I'm just watching online anyways. I will encourage you, please, uh, do the assignment. If you ask the members of our church, we've never asked, should I put it that way, mostly, we've never asked anyone to submit an assignment. So the assignments are given for your good. All right. Acts chapter 6 verse 4. Now, these are the apostles who Jesus are told that your business is power. What you need is power. So they, at a point, all right, had to make a decision between serving welfare of people all right, and the core work of ministry. And they said, but we will give ourselves continually, now this is the secret of power, to prayer, the same thing we said, and to the ministry of the word. I just wanted to, to, to talk about the ministry. The word ministry, that means to serve, to the service of the word. Or when we want to put it into context, the teaching of the word. The teaching of the word. As leaders, that was what they were saying. We will give ourselves to prayer and to the teaching of the word. Now, for you, dear child of God, listening to me, the ministry of the word to you is twofold. The word ministers to you and the word you minister to others. The word ministers to you. That means you're hearing the gates to your heart. The words you are receiving. Do you know there are messages? Praise God. Praise God. You listen to some messages, you live more fearful than you were at the beginning. And it's supposed to be the house of God. That isn't supposed to be. Praise God. Okay, let's leave that there. Assignment for you. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. There are three words there used for power. We just talked about dunamis and we made a difference with authority, which is exousia. 
All right. So assignment for you, Ephesians 1 verse 19. I think the entire Ephesians 1 will bless you. The entire book will bless you. All right. And I believe you have a bit more time. Uh, it's not good to assume that everybody is free or everybody has time now. But I can safely assume that you have a bit more time, at least transit time, even if you are working from home. All right. So commit that into the study of God's word and just find those root words. Power, what word is used? Might, what word is used? Strengthen, what word is used? And then you can begin to activate based on these words of faith. These are my possibilities. These are my realities. Praise God. I said, praise God. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. In the place of prayer, we use words. The words of faith, we use words. The domicile is on the tongue. Dear child of God, your tongue isn't just for speaking. Your tongue isn't just for communication. Your, your tongue isn't just for, for, for exchange. It is a major tool for life. It is a major tool to release words of power. It is a major tool for prayer. It is the tool principally by which we activate the power on our inside. Praise God. So say this, I have a spirit of power. God has not given me a spirit of fear. I have power. The power of my inside is quickened. The power of my inside is quickened. I exhibit possibilities. Divine possibilities by the spirit of God. I speak things and they be. I decree things and they come into existence. In the mighty name of Jesus, as I commit to the study of the word, as I commit to the study of the word and to tenacity in prayer, much power is made available in my life, in my church, in my city, in the works of my hands. In the mighty name of Jesus, glory to God, glory to God. Much power is available. If only we will activate it. So he says, God has not given us the spirit of fear. He's given us dynamis power. We have a responsibility, all right, to activate it. He also says he has given us, now this is interesting. He says he has given us the spirit of love. Love. Somebody say love. Somebody say love. All right. That is another word that the English Bible just, you know, mumbles up together. Varying words used to capture what we in the English will express as love. But interestingly, the word here is agape. It says God has given you, listen to me, not him, God's love to us is unconditional. You know the more you think about it, God's love to us can only be unconditional. There is no other way. Because if God's love required us to reciprocate it, in a way that it will influence the amount of his love we get, the best level we can get to, we will not be able to activate any part of his love. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. So God has instituted it in a way that even while we were yet sinners, God exhibited his love towards us, that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. So his love for you, his love for me is unconditional. Now he's saying... Is saying that you have a capacity to understand agape. You have a capacity to understand agape as a weapon in your response to the spirit of fear. Now, let me just say this, and I want you to remember this. Every challenge that a child of God will ever face has only one purpose. 
I'm going to say that again. Every challenge, every adversity, every crisis, whether it's of your physical body, of your mind, of your soul, every challenge, every form of adversity, whether it is a recession, whether it is bankruptcy, whether it is loss of a job, loss of a loved one, loss of focus, loss of anything, whatever adversity it is that a child of God experiences, it has only one purpose, and that purpose is for you to begin to doubt the love of God for you. Maybe God doesn't love me. He can't love me and this will happen. No. And most of the people that reckon themselves as atheists in the world today, that is their story. They hate God so much. They hate Christ so much. They hate the church so much. And you want them to talk about it. They, they don't want to talk about it. They have repressing feelings, bitter feelings. They, it's, it's, it's eating somewhere there and they don't want to talk about it. And when you probe and probe and probe, most times, I'm not saying all the times, most times you will land on an event in their life where they expected a certain response from God. And in their words, God did not come true. Therefore, since it didn't come true, it must not exist. Because if he exists, he should have come true. And he did not come true. I prayed, I fasted, all right, some, something very painful. So, and there was no guidance on how to navigate that difficult period. And the way they resolved it in their heart is that God does not exist. Dear child of God, let me tell you, God loves you. When you feel like it, God loves you. When you don't feel like it, God loves you. When you feel fear. You know, everything scaring you, you can literally bring the love of God and show it to your fear. There's a pandemic going around. God loves me. It won't come near my dwelling place. People are losing their jobs. I won't lose my job. If I lose my job, guess what? God loves me. The devil hates to hear this conversation. And I need you to see this as a weapon. The understanding, the, 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 you're allowing it to sink deep down that God's love for me is everlasting. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you get what we're talking about here. God loves me. He loves me. All right? I'm not talking of for God so loved the world. I know God loves the world, but I have come to a point where in me, in my mind, deep down in my spirit, I have come to accept it as, a, as an eternal truth that God loves me. If I was the only person on the surface of the earth, he would have done it all over again. He would still have come as a baby. It will still have grown and it will still have died just for me. You need to allow it sinking. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. It says, for I have loved thee. I have loved thee. It says, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. I have loved you with an everlasting love. An unending love. It's an eternal love. The Lord has appeared of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you. Not I will love you. Not when you change your behavior. Not when you stop doing this thing, going to that place. He's saying, come and experience my love. That is the power you need. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Praise God. Praise God. It is an everlasting love. It is, an ever, it is not a performance-based love. It is not emotional. There are no hormones in the play. His love for me doesn't depend on the time of the month. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. His love is not based on feelings or sentiments. His love for you is not increased the days that your you version streak. You know, it's just you're blazing and you're keeping your plans. Even though sometimes he knows when you don't read the plan and you just check the box so that you keep your streak. Guess what? He still loves you. Any understanding of God's love that leads you to misbehavior, it means you've not understood his love. If what you are hearing from what I'm saying is that I can continue my sin, then you've not understood his love. His love is pure. His love is pure. His love is... Let me, let me just say this quickly. I know there are those watching, and some might actually forward it to my mom. Praise God. I know she watches and connects with us. Okay, see, see. Hi, mom. All right. <laughs> Praise God. When I was a lot younger, all right, a lot younger, and then... Um, growing up as a young man, you know, you have friends and we have this youthful exuberance and you just want to, you know, do what young people do. And then in the middle of the night, when I'm busy, deep, deep asleep, deep asleep, all right, I'm just there rolling and changing from REM 1 to REM 2, glory to God, enjoying my night's sleep. And in that brief moment of wakefulness, I would hear my mom praying, praying deeply. I say, Father, I pray for Dio. I pray for him. It's just ah, solid hard prayers. May he not be corrupted by evil communication, by bad friends. You know, solid prayers, praying for my future, praying for my children. I'm talking of years ago, years ago. So now I'm on the field, praise God. By on the field, I mean I'm with my guys right in school. Typically, should be doing what young men do, misbehaving in the manners that young men misbehave. In that moment, in that moment, when I'm about to do something stupid, the reason why I'm not doing it is because I am afraid that I will be flogged. Listen, any behavior restriction that is inspired by fear, one day you will overgrow that fear. You will just bone. You say, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it anywhere. But if it is inspired by love, I was like, oh no, she's, she's probably still going to stay awake this night. The very thing she's praying shouldn't happen. I'm literally going to do it. No, this is no, this is wickedness. You must, you must be a solidly wicked child. Love constrains. Hmm. Glory to God. Somebody say this love is an everlasting love. This love is an everlasting love. Praise God. Do not allow any circumstance. Make you to doubt God's love for you. He has loved you with an everlasting love. God's love is reliable. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 from verse 35. Paul in this scripture imagines all the most terrible things possible in the world. And he came to the conclusion that they are not enough. So I don't know what you want to add to it. Some of you might want to add COVID. All right. So let's add it. It is still not enough. Some of you might want to add a loss of a job. It is still not enough. Some of you might want to add the loss of a loved one. It is still not enough. It's not enough. From verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It says, Will it be tribulation? Will it be distress? Will it be persecution? Will it be famine? Recessions? Will it be nakedness? Severe poverty and lack? Will it be peril? Will it be sword? That is talking of lack of peace, talking of turmoil, talking of wars. He says, as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37. He says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Why? Through him who has loved us. Praise God. 
Let's see verse 38 also. Through him who has loved us. He says, for I am persuaded. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. I am persuaded. Someone say, I am persuaded. This is not, I know. This is not, I have an idea. This is not, I hope. This is not, I need someone to convince me. This is not, I'm trying to convince someone. This is not in my head now. It's moved on from my head. I've saturated my head. It's moved down and sunk down to my heart. It's deep down there in my spirit. Even when I doubt it with my head, my heart believes this with all certainty. He says, for I am persuaded. He says, neither death, neither life, neither news, neither projections, neither economic indices, not even angels. Glory to God. Not principalities, not powers, not things present, not things to come. Nothing is enough to separate us from the love of God. Praise God. Praise God. It is an everlasting love. An everlasting love. Glory to God. Glory to God. I said glory to God. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's giving you power, dynamis, activated through words of faith. Building yourself up with prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost. Activated through love, resting in the fact that God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Praise God. And then he says, not just power, I love, I love, I love this. Not just love, but he says that for this tool to work, you need a sound mind. Hmm. You need a sound mind. You need a sound mind. Not a regenerated spirit that you already received when you became born again. He says, but there is a dimension of you, the realm of your mind. He says, in our defense, in our armamentarium to this spirit of fear that is everywhere. Not only do you need dynamis, not only do you use agape, a knowledge, a full consciousness that God loves you and that his love for you is certain. His love for you will ensure that you are delivered. All right? He says in addition to that, you need a sound mind. Somebody say sound mind. Praise God. If you read that verse in some other versions, it gives you a, an interpretation that is closer to the original thought. It's actually talking about a self-control. So he's saying that you are the one in charge of your thoughts. Your thoughts are not the ones in charge of you. That is control. Hello? Hello? Did you get that? Because someone just read a version, you saw sound mind. Somebody read another version, you saw self-control. And you are wondering, which one does God want me to have? Is it sound mind or self-control? He's saying that the control there is the control of your mind. The control of your thoughts. The control of your emotions. The control of your feelings. The control of your responses. Alright? You might be watching the news and you are seeing the numbers and it is scary. You might be seeing what is happening to interest rates. You might be looking at your portfolio. Suddenly, your net worth is a fraction of what you were worth just a few months back ago. All right? He's saying that all those will not inspire your emotions to go in a particular direction. You need to take charge and take control. He says a sound mind is a mind that determines its thoughts, not a mind that its thoughts are determined for it. Hmm. Someone you say, Oh, I'm always I'm always in control of my thoughts. I'm always in <laughs> I laugh in advertising. 
I laugh in advertising. Do you know psychologists are paid millions every year to ensure that your mind is sensitized towards some particular things? Like the last phone you bought, you thought you just wanted iPhone. You know, that's what you were made to believe. So you believed, no, no, I'm in control of my thoughts. I really wanted the phone. It was the phone I wanted. That, that was the phone. I was my dream phone. <laughs> Praise God. All right. So this soundness of mind, follow me. This soundness of mind means deliberate control of your thoughts and your emotions. You are in charge. All right. And practical ways you can do this is to constantly remind yourself that if God has done it before, if he's brought me out of any situation before. For a lot of us, this is not the worst. God has done bigger, greater things for us than this before. He's brought us out from personal recessions. <laughs> Our God is glorious. He's brought us out of personal recessions. Personal Psalm 77, Psalm 77, verse 11 and 12. Psalm 77, verse 11, verse 12. Hebrews 13, it says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday. Jesus Christ the same today. Jesus Christ the same forevermore. Jesus Christ the same forevermore. Psalm 77, verse 11. Psalm 77, verse 11 and 12. It says, I will meditate on your goodness of old, your wonders of old. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember. No, let's go to 11. It says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. Verse 12. It says, verse 12, I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. Can you see what you should be talking about? And talk of your deeds. All right, so there's that deliberate control and channeling of your emotions. I'm not going to allow it stray. I'm not going to allow it to imagine the worst. I'm going to imagine the best because my God specializes in bringing beauty out of ashes. He specializes in best case scenario. Praise God. I said praise God. So if he's done it before, I will meditate on his work of old. I will remind myself in the Old Testament, I've seen him deliver his children from famine and recession. In the New Testament, I've seen him deliver his church from persecution. In today's church, modern history, I can look back and see a church emerge from a period of difficulty, hardship, and even pandemics and economic recessions. Therefore, in my time, in my season, I am going to experience the glory of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Another way to channel your mind is to tell yourself that if I am going to face this challenge, it means that God trusts, trusts that I can get through this. First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. First Corinthians 10, 13. I don't know the version you have, if you can find it in the Amplified. Many of you know the scripture, but if you can find the, the, the Amplified, there is an important little clause there that makes it, okay, great. It says, no temptation. No challenge, no trial, no tribulation, no hardship, no recession, no pandemic. It says, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common, common to human experience, nor is there any temptation unusual. All right, now, no, 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 let's go back. All right, you know, there are many people who have um, 
intellectual approach to analyzing issues and you find a lot of people especially especially christians who are saying what is going on now this pandemic is it god or is it the devil and the bible is telling me here that no temptation no pandemic regardless of its source regardless of its source i'm not going to major on the minor regardless of its source what i know what i need to know is that in all things in all things uh, irrespective of the source god works for the good of them that love him praise god all right he says it is common to human experience this is not the first recession probably won't be the last if jesus tarries this is not the first pandemic probably won't be the last if jesus tarries we will be alive we will come out of each one stronger in the mighty name of Jesus. Verse 14. Alright. Or beyond human resistance. It says but God is faithful. Isn't that just enough to go with? It says God is faithful. Somebody say God is faithful. Somebody say it boldly. God is faithful. Come on one more time like you believe it. God is faithful. He's faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy. He's dependable. He's reliable. He's saying God has integrity. And he will not let you to be tempted beyond your capability, beyond what you can bear, beyond your ability to resist. He says, but along with that trial, with that temptation, he has in the past and is now and will always provide a way out as well so that you will be able to enjoy it without yielding and will overcome temptation with joy. Glory to God. Glory to God. Someone said if you use Amplified for your Bible study, you will sleep there. You will literally sleep there. Praise God. Alright, say this with me that God has made a way of escape for me. Out of this pandemic, out of this recession, there is a way of escape for me. There is a way of escape for my family. There is a way of escape for my church. In this season, in this month, I have testimonies of God's goodness. My life is not on old. My blessings not, are not on old. My destiny is not on old. My shining is not on old. In this season, I advance. I make bold strides in the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. And lastly, Daniel chapter 3 verse 16. Daniel chapter 3 verse 16. Part of a sound mind. A mind with well-controlled emotions. Not your emotions ruling you, but you ruling your emotions. You tell yourself that my God is faithful. My God loves me. My God is all-powerful. This too shall pass. But I've come to a point that even when it doesn't look like this is going to pass, I'm not going to doubt his faithfulness. I'm not going to doubt his love. I'm not going to doubt his commitment to me. I am going to trust in his purpose. I'm going to trust in his wisdom. You know, the Bible tells us an important fact. It says that God is the only wise God. God is the only, it doesn't say God is the wisest. God is the only wise God. It means every other, whatever it, it is, not wisdom. It might look like wisdom, it is not wisdom. It might look like, and what God is doing many times doesn't look like wisdom. What he's doing many times doesn't look like wisdom. But he is the only wise God. So I trust his wisdom. I trust the wise, wise God. Glory to God. He says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, they had been calling him, O king, O king. The guy wasn't getting it. They said, okay, O Nebuchadnezzar, 
We have no need to answer you in this matter. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. I need you, child of God. You rise up in the day of adversity. You rise up in the day of turmoil. And you speak to that situation. Say, no more conversation on this matter. No more sleepless nights on this matter. No more crying on this matter. No more confusion on this matter. No more depression on this matter. No more. Enough. Enough. Enough of this. No more answers. Verse 17. It says that the God that we serve. Verse 17. Verse 17 very quickly because of our time. It says, if that is the case, our God whom we serve, our God whom we serve, he is able to deliver us. Ability confirmed. Willingness confirmed. Power confirmed. Capacity confirmed. Faithfulness confirmed. He can, he is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. Ability confirmed. Willingness confirmed. He will deliver us from your hand, O king. Verse 18. Verse 18 has an important mentality for champions in terms of soundness of your mind. This is a sound mind here. This is sound mind speaking. He said, but if not, if for any reason our God decides to have it another way, let it be known to you. We do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Praise God. Praise God. I just feel led to pray for you now. You will not bow to strange altars. Desperation will not push you to bow to strange altars. In the mighty name of Jesus. Poverty will not push you to bow to strange gods. In the name of Jesus. Instead, you are coming out. You are coming out from every pit. You are coming out from every pit. You are coming out from every pit. There's someone under the sound of my voice now. The best way to describe what you are in, you are saying, I, you are literally saying that God, I need deliverance. I am in a big mess. All right, things were already bleak, and based on current circumstances, they look like the unimaginable bleakest they could ever be. All right, I stand and prophesy into your life. That as you begin to fill your life with words of faith and stir up power on your inside, you will come out of it. And you will testify about God's goodness. I don't know if you heard me. I said you will come out of it and you will testify about God's goodness. Glory to God. We don't have a spirit of fear. We don't entertain a spirit of fear. We have power. We have love. And we have a sound mind. We have power. We have love. And we have a sound mind. Glory to God. Wherever you are, just begin to worship him. And say, Father, thank you for your word. I thought this fear will be the end of me. Now I know better. I thought this pandemic will write me off. Now I know better. I thought I was going to lose the house and I to be foreclosed. Now I know better. I know better. I thought I was going to lose my job and that that will be the end of me. Now I know better. I thought that the economy was going to go into a ridiculous dip and that will be the end of my business. It's ah, but now I know better. I know, I know that there's power. There's power, there's power to navigate this period. There's power to navigate this period. Power that is backed up, backed up by the integrity of his love. Unconditional love, everlasting love. Saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have loved you with an everlasting love. What can separate us from the love of God? Shall pandemics, shall infections, shall recessions, nothing can separate us. We remember your goodness. We remember your faithfulness. We remember your kindness. 
We remember your goodness. Thank you, gracious Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. You're under my voice, under the sound of my voice, either connecting live or you've stumbled on this broadcast at some other time. And you know that you are being tormented by a spirit of fear. You probably have a clinical diagnosis. They've called it anxiety attacks, panic attacks. Someone else is under the sound of my voice. You've had suicidal tendencies. You've been very depressed. You've had feelings of worthlessness. Sometimes you're just crying throughout unconsolably. You know, people are wondering what's wrong with you. The world doesn't make any sense again. You don't see light. You don't see colors. Everything is gleam and bling. And you just stumbled on this broadcast somehow. And you're wondering how it is possible. You're wondering why everybody isn't like this. Do they know something that you don't know? Why are they not equally scared? Why are they not ending it? That voice has been telling you, end it, end it, end it, end it. I'm here to announce to you that that is the voice of the devil and that there is hope for you. There is hope for you. There is hope in your future. As, 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 as unreasonable as it sounds, there is hope in your future. There is hope in your future. He says his love for you is everlasting. He's saying his grace is sufficient for you. He says don't heed voice. Don't heed to that lying voice. Don't heed to that voice telling you to end it up, to take your life. No, no, no. Don't do it. And I'll pray with you, not just for you to feel better, but for you to experience permanent deliverance from the old of that spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus. Someone else is watching. I am saying... I am not born again. I am not born again. Tried church before. I got tired. I am not born again. I had an expectation from God. I was sure it will come true. I had prophecies. I had prayed. I had fasted. And God didn't show up. I convinced myself that it doesn't exist. And I've walked away since then. Since now I'm trying to retrace my past. But I can't forget. I can't forget that it wasn't there for me. The one time. I needed him the most. I can't forget. I just can't get it. I can't get it out of my mind that he's there, smiling, receiving worship, receiving praise, and he permitted that event to happen. And I'm here to tell you there's healing in the house. He's saying that he had a bigger purpose as, as much as you don't see it now. He's saying you will see it. He says, come back to me. Trust me. He says, come back to me. Trust my plan. He says, I have something better on the other side. Something bigger on the other side. He's saying, when you see it, you will look back and you will trust my wisdom. It doesn't make sense now, but he's saying, come home, come home. And for you, watching, you're saying, I've never even done this before. This is my first time. Whatever category you belong to, I'm going to pray for you right now. For someone else, you are saying that, oh, during the message, you talked about praying in tongues. I've desired it. I've been trying to do it. I've opened my mouth. Nothing came in. All right, they told me to open my mouth and the Spirit will give me utterance. I've done it and nothing came. As I'm speaking right now, I'm praying that the fire of the Holy Ghost will come upon you and that you receive that unction to speak. Not just to speak, but to come with gifts. It will come with gifts. It will come with gifts. Not only will you speak unknown tongues, you will be able to interpret those tongues. You'll be able to prophesy and give words of knowledge in the mighty name of Jesus. As the stirring comes, don't be silent. You open your mouth. You don't have to sound cool. 
You don't have to sound cool and trim and prim and proper. You don't have to sound, as he gives the utterance, you speak it. You don't have to sound like your pastor. You don't have to sound like your geo. You don't have to sound like anybody. Every template you've had in your mind of how tongues should sound. Delete it. As he gives the utterance, sometimes it sounds like mumblings or mutterings. It might be one syllable. Later, you are developing vocabulary in the spirit. All right? And you're there, you're saying, I've not been able to pray for more than five minutes ever in my life. I've never gone more than ten minutes or the length of whatever it is we pray in church. I need fire on my altar. I'm going to pray for all the groups together because of our time. God knows your needs. He knows what category you fall to. And I'm going to pray that His grace is released and that there is possibility activated in your life. And that we will hear your testimony. We will rejoice with you. That that suicide did not go ahead as planned. That that depression, that garment of evidence was lifted. And now you are the, not just happiest person based on circumstance, but there is a genuine joy that fills your heart. That even though maybe your realities haven't changed, but you know that something has changed on the inside. It's the joy of the Holy Ghost. That will be your testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your children under the sound of my voice. You know them. You know them by name. You know the details of their expectations. You know the details of their situations. These are the ones you love. The ones you died for. The ones you shed your precious blood for. The ones you gave power to. The ones you loved with an everlasting love. I ask for a miraculous intervention in their lives. That that spirit of depression, we rebuke it. That spirit of suicide, we rebuke it. In the mighty name of Jesus. That that destiny will not be wasted. That destiny will not be truncated. The greatness that the enemy has identified. And is trying to convince him, convince her. That there is nothing valuable henceforth in her future. Just because the enemy is scared of what and how much terror he will be. How much terror she will be fighting that destiny in the mighty name of jesus we silence every voice of suicide we rebuke that spirit of depression we bind you demon of heaviness command you to get out from that vessel in the name of jesus we decree that you are free you are free in the name of jesus whom the son sets free is free indeed therefore you are free from every old of infirmity in the name of jesus for as many trusting for healing saying they've been hurt they've gone this path before they've believed they fasted they've expected but nothing happened and they are offended pray for healing let healing virtue flow let that balm flow let their hearts find light again every lie and deceit of the enemy washed away by the blood that today they are restored to fellowship they still believe in your power they believe that you are their God I ask Father that the grace to come back to you to see you through the lens of the word by the leading of your spirit not through the lens of your expectation in the mighty name of Jesus for as many who are saying I want to make this decision today I pray for them as they acknowledge their sin that you died for their sins you were buried just for them you rose again on the third day alive today and they are coming back to take us up. I ask that your life will saturate them. From today, your names are written in the book of life in the mighty name of Jesus. All the benefits and blessings of redemption becomes their portion. 
in the name of Jesus. Thank you, gracious Father. Praise and honor be unto your name. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, wherever you are, if you can, give the Lord a big shout. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you just made that decision, please get in touch. We would love to pray with you. If you just made a decision, if it was you, we just prayed for. All right, please get in touch. Send us an email to the contact form on our website, www.kicccanada.ca, or you can send an email to info at kicccanada.ca. Praise God. I said, praise God. Hallelujah. I'm sure you were blessed by this evening's service. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. KICC, we love to give. We love to give, not under compulsion, but our God loves a cheerful giver. In this season, he's still blessing us. In this season, he's still prospering the works of our hands. As our response to him, we bring our offerings, and we bring our seeds, we bring our tithes. If this is your church, all right, you know the ways to give, email transfer, online, you can still do that. And the Lord will bless you richly for just watching or connecting and you're saying i love what god is doing in your midst i want to be a part of it yes god loves a cheerful giver feel free to be a part of the giving and god bless you richly in jesus name by god's grace god willing we will be here on sunday on sunday for a wonderful easter celebration you will be there i will be there you'll be alive in good health i will be alive in good health we are going to have a wonderful wonderful time discussing resurrection glory to god we're going to have a wonderful time and what that means is that our conversation on spiritual growth will bring it to wednesdays pick it up from wednesdays and then we have a new series uh on sundays and you're going to be thoroughly blessed i am sure of that praise god praise god wherever you are just make this bold declarations i am a champion i am a champion lines are falling unto me in pleasant places i have a goodly inheritance i want you to say boldly it is still my year of shining it is still my year of unlimited greatness it is still my year of shining it is still my year of unlimited greatness say it boldly i have the victory in jesus i am more than conqueror say it again i have the victory in jesus I am more than conqueror. Praise God. Praise God. You are blessed. I can't wait to hear your testimonies. We'll see you on Sunday. God willing. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. We love you. We miss you. And we know very soon we'll be able to fellowship together in person. God bless you. Remain blessed. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give via email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.